The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. So it will be also at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be out in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. But be sure of this, if the master of the house had known the hour of the night when a thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and not let his house be broken into. So too, you must be prepared, for in an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. The Gospel of the Lord. Some years ago, when I first arrived, I mentioned in the season of Advent an historical figure. I'd like to mention that historical figure once again. You may remember him. It was the figure of uh, the Earl of Sandwich. We remember him, an 18th century nobleman, for his quaint habit of eating his food between two slices of bread. He gave us the sandwich. He was also, as you may recall, the first Lord of the Admiralty, the highest ranking naval official in England, was the man considered responsible for the British Navy not being prepared for the American Revolution. Now, the First Lord of the Admiralty didn't have to have anything to do with the sea at all. He may have never even been on a ship. It was a political appointment. Was the Earl of Sandwich responsible? Well, somebody had to be, so given his position, he took the responsibility. Winston Churchill was also the first Lord of the Admiralty. And in the early days of the First World War in 1915, following the disastrous Battle of Gallipoli, he was blamed and left government. But he was back in two years. He wasn't prepared either. As I said, he was back in two years. And in 1940, when his country needed him, he was there and he was prepared even though most of Europe was not. History is full of such people, people who were unprepared for the incidents that they had to face in their lives, sometimes major decisions, 
sometimes affecting nations, peoples. But we're aware of that. The problem is preparation is something we don't usually think about when it comes to our spiritual lives. We become so comfortable with what we are or who we are that we don't really think about the coming of our Lord or we take it rather casually. Once again, God loves everybody. That's not the problem. God's love isn't. Ours is. And our Lord warns us very sternly in today's gospel about the need for preparation. Um, He does so in words that his people would have understood. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day that Noah entered the ark. He did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. Well, you and I, too, have to realize that element in our lives, that element of the coming of the Lord. Uh, Coming at the end of time, but we've gotten accustomed to that. But coming at the end of life, but coming at every moment also. And he uses the example, then, also of two men will be out in the field, one will be taken and one left. In the 19th century, this was developed into the uh, strange um, doctrine of, uh, that people think of as the rapture. Uh, it was an invention of the 19th century. Our Lord's speaking here of the end of time, um, his judgment on people when he comes. And he said, we do not know the day your Lord will come. Um, we are here during the season of Advent to remind ourselves of that day. That's the most important preparation in our lives and is often the one that gets the least attention, our spiritual lives. We should think about that daily. We're very well prepared, I think, for many other things. There are some things, of course, which we cannot prepare. They're just sudden and we have no control over them necessarily. We do have a control over our spiritual lives, over our prayer lives, what that means and how we will prepare for the coming of the Lord when he does come. You know, today is also the feast day of a number of martyrs, English martyrs. One of them, well-known, St. Edmund Campion, the Jesuit, who after being racked was supposed to be either four or six inches taller than he was before because he'd been so stretched by that instrument of torture. There are also a number of others, but one in particular was uh, St. Richard Whiting. He was the abbot of Gladstonebury, perhaps the most prestigious abbey in England. And of course, as you remember, in one year, Henry VIII dissolved all the monasteries and destroyed them. You can still visit that abbey today and see the ruins. There. Even as a ruin, it's impressive. You can only imagine what it must have been like in its day. But then he took that abbot with several of his monks, or ordered them taken, to the top of a high hill about 500 feet high. And there they were hanged, drawn, and quartered by a chapel of St. Michael. I've been to that spot. It's very strange, almost even a little eerie, to stand there and to think of them shedding their blood there. But they were prepared, as was St. Edmund Campion. They were prepared for what was to come. Whenever it came, they were ready, and there they were. Uh, It's important to read the lives of those martyrs and and then think about ourselves in the same light our preparation for such a thing, uh, just a preparation to meet the Lord when he comes, as he is coming here. Uh, We often forget that as well. 
that it's not just at the end of time, it's not just at death, but at every moment of our lives he comes, if we're open to seeing it, and he comes in particular when we celebrate the Eucharist. It's all here. The end times are already with us in a sense. The question is, are we prepared? If we're prepared to meet him here, then we're prepared to meet him when he comes. But our preparation is never quite what it ought to be. It is in the lives of the saints. But I suppose that most of us, as I said, are programmed in our culture not to think in those terms. Uh, not to think in terms of the, an absolute encounter with our Lord. But we should be. And he says, for you too must be prepared. For in an hour you do not expect, the Son of Man will come. When he comes, um, it will be a moment of shock for some, perhaps for all of us, for most of us, because we weren't quite expecting it. But as the saints have said to us, his coming is serious business. It's the most serious business in our lives. And if everything else in our life is in some way oriented towards that, then we will be centered, sound, and ready. I would encourage you, if you can, to read the lives of those saints today, those martyrs, if you are able to. I'm sure you can go online now and get Butler's Lives of the Saints and think about uh, what it meant to them. To them, being prepared meant to lose their lives at any moment for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know, I've mentioned a blessed, blessed Charles de Foucauld the Hermit of the Sahara. He wanted to form a religious order, and he wanted people to come and join it. But he had three rules. One was absolute obedience to the superior. The second one was the willingness to joyfully starve to death for the sake of Jesus Christ. And the third was to be, joy to be joyfully beheaded for the sake of Jesus Christ. One person came and didn't stay very long. We may not be prepared for that, but we must be prepared as best we know for the coming of the Lord. As I said, we will know that by the preparation we have for this. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you preparing for the coming of your Son and rejoicing in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, but through the sacraments and through prayer, her members will be prepared for the coming of the Lord now and at the end of time. We pray to the Lord. Lord for all nations of the world, especially our own and for our politicians, that they too will realize the need for preparation and conversion. We pray to the Lord. Lord for those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know that if they are united to the Lord, they are prepared for his coming. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who reject preparation, we pray to the Lord. Lord for greater respect for human life, especially life in the womb, we pray to the Lord. Lord for an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will prepare the world for the coming of the Lord. For a greater reverence, for the apostolic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord 
for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. Having spent time in the presence of the Lord, they may first prepare themselves and then prepare others. We pray to the Lord. For all those traveling this weekend, especially the members of our own parish and of our families, that they may travel safely, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, we may daily be ever more prepared for the coming of the Lord, that our prayer lives will become the barometer of all of our lives. We pray to the Lord. We now join our prayers to the Mother of the Lord as we sing. 